Hey guys, welcome back or welcome to Bring Your Own Baggage. I'm your host Justine and I'm here to talk about mental health and body image issues on college campuses from the perspective of a college student. These struggles are much more prevalent than you'd expect and I'm here to let you know that you're not alone. Hello guys, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about PTSD and trauma with a very special guest, but before I get into that, a few weeks ago I think I asked if people liked when I do the little life updates and a lot of people said yes, but I truly really do not have any life updates right now. I think the most, okay actually no, two exciting things happened. So the first one is that I made another variation of the Levain copycat cookies, um, but I made them with white chocolate and dried cranberries, and they are so good. I really love dried fruit in my cookies. I know that's weird. People who don't like oatmeal raisin cookies, let me just say that you're missing out, but apparently that is a hot take. But the second exciting piece of news is that one of my dearest friends, Amber, got me a Christmas present that was BYOB related, and I'll post a picture of it on the BYOB Instagram, so if you don't follow that, go check it out it's at bring your own baggage but it's like the cutest little decoration slash plaque thing and it has if you're on tiktok you know what i'm talking about where it has like the cover art of byob and it looks like it's like a spotify screen cap i'm not explaining it well but it was so sweet thank you amber big shout out to you love you she texts me after every episode drop and is so supportive i feel like she was byob's first fan because after (laughs) first fan first listener i don't think i have fans um but after the first episode she decorated my door at the chateau with sticky notes of quotes from my episode which was so nice so thank you amber again love you and if you don't follow the byob instagram make sure you do so you could check that out um so without further ado let's get right on into the intro Hi guys, welcome back. So as I said in the intro, we have a very special guest today. Um, Today we have Faria Rahman. Faria is a senior at William & Mary pursuing a self-designed major in human rights and she wants to eventually go into international human rights law. She's also the founder and creator of We Believe Them, an online community that discusses issues of trauma, sex positivity, healing, mental health, and feminism. In addition, she is a content and social media manager curator at Trauma Venture, which is a consulting company that works to deliver trauma-informed solutions to businesses that are sensitive of others' mental health, neurodiversity, and traumatic experiences. Um, maybe most importantly, though, she is a dog mom to Bubba. <laughs> Bubba is her adorable. He's a lab. Is yeah, he? he's a black lab, but yeah, he's chunky. So, <laughs> so cute. And she is living in her first ever apartment in the big city of Philadelphia. So that is very exciting. So welcome, Faria. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. All right, so we're just going to jump right into the personal experience then. So, Faria, when did you first start experiencing PTSD? So, I first started experiencing PTSD, I would say, like, the spring of my freshman year. So, it's probably 19 years old. I had just gotten out of, like, a relationship that took a while to get out of. And, like, I knew it was bad and I didn't want to be in it. But I don't think I realized just how bad it was until, like, a few weeks after it when I just, like, started feeling really like tense and scared and having nightmares and just feeling Mm -hmm. so off and like I feel like usually when you have a breakup you're like oh I don't really want to like see my ex like that's weird but I was just like filled with fear about it all the time I didn't want to eat I didn't want to sleep I was always so wound up Mm 
Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd say probably, yeah, spring of uh, freshman year, a few weeks Mm -hmm. after this relationship ended. Yeah. That's really scary. And especially as a freshman in college, yeah. <laughs> you're like new school, like new community. And then just to be scared of that is really hard. So does PTSD affect your relationships in any way? And if so, how? Um, yeah, I think that like, especially like romantic relationships, and this is part of the reason I started We Believe Them. And it's something mm-hmm. that like, I'm so passionate talking about. Um mm-hmm. It definitely impacts romantic relationships the most. And I've, especially these past like six months, like this past semester, I've realized I've had to do like so much work on it. And I know like, obviously everyone doesn't get PTSD from like romantic relationships. Like there's so many ways to get PTSD and to mm-hmm. experience trauma. But at least for me, um, yeah, it's really impacted my like view of relationships. And now I feel like when I first got out of, my like abusive relationship I want to like overcompensate so I kept like jumping into relationships and like getting attached to people really quickly um and just like I think I wanted like this like perfect relationship or this like mm-hmm. story not story tale like fairy tale romance um mm-hmm. to make up for the fact that something like so like shitty happened can we curse on this yeah yeah um but then after a while, I was like, wait, um, I'm just like using romantic relationships as a way to ignore the fact that I now have extreme issues with romantic relationships mm-hmm. instead of like tackling the root of the problem. And that was obviously unfair to me because it was preventing me from like kind of having deeper connections with people because I kind of saw them as like a band aid on an issue. And then mm-hmm. as I got to know them, it became very clear that my issues were unsolved, but it was also really fair to other people um, or unfair to other people because mm-hmm. they were like, Oh, I really like this girl. And I was not healed enough in any way to be like the best partner I could be. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say it's affected my rela- relationships a lot. And I think my recent goal, um, especially in like therapy in the last semester was like realizing and breaking down like why does this impact my relationships like and then I really like this my boss at work tells me there's this idea of like luggage um and like carry-on bags um Mm -hmm. in terms of like emotional baggage Mm -hmm. and so like what luggage do I need to work on but like what carry-ons are okay to take Mm -hmm. um because I can't like like people should be allowed to share their mental traumas with like their partners like what stuff um you know is okay to share but what stuff do I need to like work on and yeah also kind of having like that sort of romantic fairy tale relationship with myself before mm-hmm. trying to have it with other people which took yeah. me a while to like wrap my head around but now I'm like oh cool <laughs> no I love all of what you just said and I think first um it's real well, we'll talk about We Believe Them later, but I think it's really awesome what you're doing because I think when people think of PTSD, they usually think of like soldiers coming home from like war and just like having like those like experiences with PTSD, but like people in abusive relationships and stuff also really suffer from PTSD. And I know it can like be hard when you experience that because people like will discount you or like maybe not take you seriously just because they're not educated about it so what is the best thing that someone can do for their friend who suffers from PTSD I think 
the best thing is kind of teaching them that they can have their sense of personal autonomy and control back because um essentially like when you face a traumatic event it's never because you want to it's because like something completely out of your control happened um and it just like hits you like a truck and then you're left to kind of like pick up the pieces and be like responsible for like I guess like getting your life together and healing from something that you like literally like it came out of left field you never thought it was going to happen and so I feel like so much of like PTSD and trauma is just like feeling so like lost and feeling like you don't even have control of yourself especially with like the kind of like symptoms that come up with PTSD um which is like a lot of bad nightmares a lot of bad like flashbacks where like you're standing in the moment and then you start like reliving a memory and you're like but I'm not there but also I'm there Mm -hmm. um and like also just like feeling on edge like it's stuff that you feel like you can't control and so like when you have a friend and they just like help you feel little bits of control again over stuff you're like oh my god that's like the best thing Mm -hmm. um so like I know I had a lot of issues with like body image after I first got diagnosed with PTSD so it's like picking out like what you want to eat and when and knowing that you're allowed to eat it and you're allowed (laughs) to feel good about eating something and you don't have to feel guilty about it like stuff like that and having your friends support you and kind of like eating however you choose to eat and like nourishing your body and giving it fuel or them just like asking like at a party like hey like do you feel comfortable like do you want to go home do you want to stay um just them like throwing in those little questions or just like checking in on you if you're like talking to like someone new and they're there just like kind of I don't know how to explain this but I feel like when they your friend just kind of gives you like the eye like okay like are you okay (laughs) Um, just like stuff like that so I think like not being overbearing but just like helping your friends like reminding them that they are ultimately the ones who are in control of their life even if it doesn't feel like it and then like Mm -hmm. giving them little ways to feel in control again Mm mm-hmm Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll go into a little more depth about advice for people who have a loved one struggling with PTSD a little bit later. Um, So what is something you wish you could tell your past self in regards to your journey with coping with trauma? Um, I think the biggest thing is this idea that like, I am still like me because I feel like, and this was something my therapist pointed out and she started like, Every time I said, like, since I've been diagnosed with PTSD, she was like, stop. Like, stop acting like you're, like, this different, like, completely different person Mm. because you were diagnosed with something. And so I think I would just, like, want my past self to know, like, I'm still allowed to be me. I don't have to be, like, this, like, completely changed person. And I feel like whenever I get, like, really in my bag about, like, what's happened, it's always this idea of, like, damaged goods. Like, I was, like, so perfect and pristine and, like, pure before and like everything was like perfect which obviously it wasn't um and like I've just like created this image in my head that like then this traumatic event happened and then after that I've just been like broken and like scarred and I have this like weird image in my head of just like black mold like spreading out and I'm just like super Mm -hmm. like infected and like everything bad and it's just like that's not how it works Mm -hmm. at all (laughs) um and so I think I just want to remind myself that like I'm not I guess yeah like I'm not traumatized or I'm not like 
someone who's like so like absolutely like like they can never come back from their trauma i'm someone who had like something like shitty and traumatic happen to me but like i'm still faria and i'm still me and i can't mm-hmm. like go through life with this idea that i'm like damaged goods because my self-worth and my value and like everything that makes me me is still there just because i feel different um mm-hmm. it doesn't mean i'm like not mean i think at first i found power in admitting the fact that i felt different but now i think a way of taking my power back is realizing that just because something happened to me it doesn't mean that it has to define me Mm -hmm. yeah everything you said is just so well spoken and i think it's really important to not let mental illness define us i guess um i felt like it was nice at first when I was diagnosed with anxiety because I was like, okay, like this is the reason why I'm feeling like this. But then I feel like I kind of made that into my identity in some way. And that's also not great. And yeah, I am anxious, but I am also a lot of other things, you know, like I'm not. Pilot's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Pilot's mom, first and foremost. I was like, I literally cannot think of anything to describe myself. Uh, obviously, I need to revisit that. Oh my god! <laughs> um, no, I get what you're saying though. Like, I feel like when I like finally got a name for what I was like going through, I was like, that's so liberating. But then I like went through this phase where like I felt like I should tell everyone I had PTSD, and now I look back at that and I'm like girl what were you doing like that's weird like I like don't need to like like I don't need to like give people like a little waiver ahead of time being like oh like nice to meet you I'm Faria I have PTSD like I was like no like you don't have to do that yeah no I get that though and I felt like that a lot my first year of college because my aunt had just died and I had no experience with grief and so for some reason I felt like I was hiding something from people if I didn't tell them that my aunt had passed away. And I don't know, it just like felt like weird and stressful. And I was like, I am someone who has lost a loved one. And I was like, but I need to like tell everybody that. Um, But again, that's not a great conversation starter, especially like when I'm trying to meet friends and stuff. I don't really want to bring that up immediately. Um, But I thought your image of just like the black mold spreading was very poetic. <laughs> I don't know it's if you've like, been thinking about that or just I like, have been, it's like something where like I started thinking about it and I was like, yeah, this is weird. And I was like, low-key, other people going through this, like let me know. But it's just like it's weird. I like never thought of that. And then I got PTSD and something I was like, oh, I'm infected, which is like such a fucked way of thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm glad a- you thought it was poetic. Um okay. So the question I have been most excited about, what led you to create your Instagram account at We Believe Them? I will have it linked in the Instagram post that I do about this. <laughs> and how has that impacted your journey with PTSD and trauma? Um, I think at first, I think We Believe Them, like this is going way back. At first, I like the summer before I started We Believe Them, I started like doing like a bunch of like drawings about how I felt with PTSD um and I was like hmm should I make an art Instagram and then I took a minute to look at them and I was like these are bad like (laughs) the world does not need to see these um so those are just like tucked away somewhere but then I was kind of like I like this idea of kind of like I don't know I guess like making an online like 
journal of like what's going on and mm-hmm. kind of like yeah of like kind of talking about my experience and like tur- turning it into something like positive which I myself feel kind of divided on because I don't necessarily feel like actually I very strongly feel like not everyone has to be like like find the good in their mental like illness mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. quick aside I remember once I briefly had this one therapist who was once like do you think you were like meant to get assaulted to like help other women and I was like no (laughs) yeah she was like I don't know like like were you saying like spirituality and religion I was like I'd say like I'm like like all right on the religion scale but she'd be like well like do you think like God had you like get assaulted to help other women and human rights and I was like I've got to leave like that is such a hot take yeah and I don't know like where you got that from also I just met you so I was like (laughs) um immediately no (laughs) yeah and so I like very much don't feel like people need to put that spin on it and feel like Mm -hmm. there's like some greater message or some greater like joy and positivity and mental illness like I think sometimes it just happens but I know for me I was kind of like, oh, like I can use this to a spread awareness about like mm-hmm. what happened to me because I had no idea that there was this like when I was assaulted, it was in this area called the red zone, which I believe is like the fresh like the first semester of college, like between like 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 September and December, and that's when the like most on campus assaults happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I um, and then I remember I also learned that like I'm gonna get the numbers wrong, but it's like like one in three or one in five women are assaulted Mm -hmm. and then one in three of them get PTSD from it Mm -hmm. and so I remember seeing that and I was like whoa and I was like if I can at least like take this like terrible thing that happened to me and like kind of like turn it into something where other people can be more sensitive about it and maybe help someone else going through it I was like Mm -hmm. I will but it was also like my own online diary Mm -hmm. for my own healing um yeah i'll stop there real quick and then i'll talk about we believe them more but those are just like initial thoughts i feel like there's so much more i could say about it but yeah yeah. and i think that it's well the instagram account is just amazing in general and i know a lot of people not even that i'm like friends with but i know people who've been assaulted and stuff before and i honestly don't have much experience or knowledge about that. So I always refer them to your account and they Aww. love it. And I love how diverse it is too, because there is again like a lot of stuff about body image and sex positivity um and everything just under that umbrella. And I really like how you're so real in your posts. And I feel like you don't sugarcoat it and you don't take the take of grow through your trauma and stuff like that because again I mean if people want to do that feel free and stuff but I also just really appreciate how real it is and how people really get to kind of experience your healing with you I think Aww, really thank happy. you I might cry <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet yeah I think like I I remember I was like talking to someone and they were like wait I'm so confused why you're talking about like pipelines or like the environment (laughs) or like body image on like an account about like sexual assault and trauma and I was like I see your point (laughs) however I think it's like all so 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 linked and that's like the big thing about like intersectionality and like I think a lot of the times when people talk about like healing and sex positivity and feminism it's this like it's this term I like to use called like buzzfeed feminism which is very Mm -hmm. much just like 
girl power, like working woman, like girl boss, nine to five feminism. But I think there's also this like realization that like there's another type of feminism in which like all these like issue groups are linked. So like if you don't focus on like the environment that can impact women getting assaulted, for example, Mm -hmm. like when pipelines go up and like a bunch of men start moving in to build them on native territory, native women who are one of like the most assaulting groups are even more at risk. And then like assault can lead to like body image issues, like because it just like completely skews how you view yourself. Um, And then like all of that is like linked to like sex positivity and how we feel about sex and whether we think it's like something that's freeing and liberating or something that we think is like inherently patriarchal. So I feel like, well, it started off for just like as it being like an online diary for me to kind of like talk about my own experiences. It's quickly grown and it's helped me grow grow to realize that like all of these issues are linked and you can't just tackle this issue of like sexual assault. Like you have to kind of like look at all of these different things because mm-hmm. yeah, they all impact each other. Um I think it's really cool that people DM you on your account. It makes me so happy. Yeah. And really just that's your impact. Like you are actually having like a noticeable impact on people's lives. It's so random. It's like so, so sweet too. And it's like people like, like my thing is like when people ask for like advice that like, like you know, it's really basic advice, but when people ask for advice where it's like, I know you should be taking this to a professional. Then I'm like, I appreciate the DM, but like, I, I can't do anything. <laughs> um, but I'll like send them some links and be like, okay, Aww, I can yeah. get a therapist. But like, yeah, like there's like one person who like is fully like engaged and has a dog mm-hmm. and she just like pops by to tell me about her like shitty ex-fiance. And oh. I'm like, oh, sick. Yeah. I remember, didn't one of your posts like go viral? Or like yeah, got- that was the police one. Oh. And it made me like so hype. But then if you like look at the comments, it's all these dudes being like, fuck this, like you're being <laughs> bitch. And I'm like, okay. But yeah. it's not a compliment. I'm like, thanks, dude. Yeah, you know you've made it when you have haters. I know. Or sometimes when someone asked me if I had OnlyFans, and I was like, this is not the place to ask, but like thanks. Yeah. Like it was like his name was like Movement Man twenty twenty and he just says OnlyFans and then he says I'll Venmo you if you send me pictures and I'm like do you not see what this account is like what how do you even know what it looks like oh my gosh he's like I've detected a female I know it's so funny no jeez all right Faria thank you so much for sharing so now we're gonna go into the advice portion of the podcast. So first for advice for coping with PTSD and trauma, this is all from Very Well Mind, Success TMS, and PTSD Association of Canada. Um, Also just a disclaimer, we're not trained professionals in any way. This is strictly information that we have found online. Um, So please take everything we say with a grain of salt. So the first is to practice behavioral activation. And some information about behavioral activation is that anxiety and avoidance go hand in hand with each other. So while the avoidance of anxiety-provoking situations may help reduce anxiety in the moment in the long term, it may prevent you from living a meaningful and rewarding life. Behavioral activation is a way of increasing your activity level as well as how much you engage in positive and rewarding activities. Through behavioral activation, you can reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety. The next thing is journaling. In PTSD in particular, expressive writing has been found to have a number of benefits, including improved coping, post-traumatic growth, which is the ability to find meaning and have a positive life after a traumatic event, and reduced PTSD symptoms, tension, and anger. 
Another thing is social support. Again, we've talked about this in almost all the episodes, but talking with friends about what you're going through and asking for help and finding professional help is so important. And just having that community of people that you're comfortable with can really make a difference. Um, Another thing is self-soothing. So this can be mindfulness, being in touch within aware of the present moment, progressive muscle relaxation, which is alternating between tensing and relaxing different muscle groups throughout the body. Um, by tensing your muscles, a common, which is a common symptom of anxiety, and immediately releasing them, the symptom of muscle tension may become a signal to relax over time. And deep breathing, which is short, <laughs> deep breathing, because <laughs> short and shallow breaths can increase stress and anxiety. Another thing that's important, in addition to all of these great things that Justine talked about, is seeking professional help. Um, this was something I didn't do for a while because I feel like a lot of people kind of think they don't need a therapist if they're feeling okay on the day-to-day but my kind of thing to live by is that everyone needs a therapist and everyone can benefit from therapy whether you have PTSD or not however if you have PTSD I think there's a really specific type of therapy that can work um so when you're looking for a therapist definitely seek out a mental health professional who specializes in the treatment of trauma and PTSD um you can just kind of search for it online but you can also ask your doctor for a referral, um, ask a psychiatric hospital, a counseling center. And it's something that's been helpful for me, especially since moving to a new city, is asking other trauma survivors and other friends who have experienced trauma for people I know that have worked out really well. Um, For me, having gone through sexual assault, I knew that I did not want a male therapist Mm -hmm. um, for my treatment of PTSD. So, and I knew I'd probably wanted a woman of color because I feel like there's a very specific type of experience for women of color who go through sexual assault and have PTSD. Mm -hmm. So I say, when you're looking for a therapist, don't be afraid to make a list of what you think you want and what you need and to go after that. You shouldn't just settle. Ultimately, you are paying this person for treatment. Mm -hmm. So know what you want and be clear on it. And yeah, go after that. Um, There's a few different types of treatment for PTSD. The first one is cognitive behavioral therapy. I did this at first um, and it really helped so much. Um, It's CBT for short. And basically the goal of CBT is that you expose yourself to these feelings and situations that bring back your trauma with time um, and over like a gradual amount of time. And you kind of break down these thoughts and these feelings and you're like, oh, when they come up, like, what do they make me think about? Like, how does it make me feel? And you really dig deep into your emotions and really get connected to your emotions. And then you talk through them with your therapist and say like, oh, hey, this is my, like how it may make me feel or how I might think about it, but this might be how it actually is in reality. And so after like processing it, you can replace your experience with a more balanced picture of what actually happened. Um, And it's especially helpful when you've gone through something like assault and you're blaming yourself a lot when you're in therapy, especially for CBT and you're breaking down those feelings um, and thoughts. It can help remind you that it wasn't your fault. And in reality, what happened to you was something that happened to you. It's not you. And Mm so essentially CBT is recentering your trauma in a more positive and balanced light. There's also family therapy, which I think is really helpful because when you start reacting to things differently after PTSD, your loved ones in your family might not really get it at first. For example, when I first was diagnosed with PTSD, 
I would get really freaked out when people would touch me because it would just like kind of startle me. Mm-hmm. And my family is like a super touchy feely family. And they were like, what is going on? I remember that summer we went to my grandparents and my parents felt like super awkward because they had to like talk to my grandparents, especially in like an Asian family where like these mm-hmm. things like mental health aren't talked about. They yeah. had to like tell my grandparents like, hey, for is going through something like she doesn't want anyone to hug her. Like, and it was definitely something really uncomfortable for them and something they really want to do but they realized like it's just how things were and so I think family therapy could be really helpful because you can have a professional explain to your parents kind of what's going on and why and what they can do to support you rather than you having to try to bear that burden on your own Mm -hmm. um yeah and trying to like figure it out yourself and I think it can help open up the like lines for better communication Mm -hmm. um medication can also be used for ptsd i don't know too much about this but i think it probably works similarly to antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds with like the serotonin receptors and stuff um but i realized like i'm on antidepressants and it's definitely helped with me like after i got ptsd as well Mm -hmm. um and then this is like, like one last thing I've heard of. I don't know too much about it, but I've heard a lot of good things about it and I haven't tried it, but it's called EMDR. It's like some kind of like rapid eye movement. And um, basically you move past your trauma by talking about it while focusing on something else. So it was described to me a bit like a more scientific version of hypnosis. So like you'll like close your eyes or you'll focus on something and you'll move your eyes really quickly back and forth. And these rapid eye movements will have you like be super distracted. Um, and you'll be completely focused on that. But at the same time, you'll kind of be talking about what happened to you. And while talking about what happened to you while focusing on something else, it makes the experience like background noise, but it still lets you like get all of it out when you've never really spoken about the whole experience in detail before. Awesome. Another thing to do is learn your triggers. Um, After experiencing a trauma, um, you can encounter aspects of everyday life that remind you of the incident. So if you find yourself jumping at the sound of a car horn or figure a stomach drop when you see someone wearing a hooded sweatshirt, take note. These are examples of an overly emotional reaction and you can use this to talk to your therapist about it. Um, Another thing is to join a support group. Again, that kind of goes along with the idea of social support and importance of community but sometimes you just need people who also went through this similar experience as you to know that you are not alone yeah I love the idea of joining a support group um back in college I joined an art therapy group for people who have dealt with like relationship abuse and sexual assault and I met one of my really good friends through it Mm -hmm. and we basically just like got together every week and made art about how we felt and it was like super fun and you don't really have to talk about it but Mm -hmm. It was just so fun and helped you get your feelings out in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going off of that, another thing that you can do is engage in activities that make you feel good about yourself. Um, I feel like when you experience PTSD, you can often blame yourself for going through it or blame yourself for reacting the way you did for trauma. And you either feel like full of self-loathing or you feel like you're undeserving of positive experiences or love or meaningful relationships. So rebuilding a sense of self is a super important part of the recovery process. Something that really helped for me, which (laughs) take this with a grain of salt. I don't think everyone with PTSD should do this, but I adopted a dog. (laughs) 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 Oh my God, you 
was just did a spit take. <laughs> Not the direction I thought you were going in. <laughs> oh. oh my god. We love Bubba. Yeah, we love Bubba. He's crazy, but we like he I remember I was like, oh, I should get an emotional support dog. I think it would help me. He is like the most unemotionally supportive dog <laughs> in the world. But he has helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, and the reason I like this was like, I feel like I really like it's kind of going back to that thing of like a sense of control. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel really good, like having that sense of responsibility and knowing I have something to take care of. And it's kind of like, I also got really into plants and like mm-hmm. seeing like plants blossom and do well, like makes me realize that like, I can create something positive and create something like filled with love mm-hmm. after like experiencing something so terrible. The same with my dog. Like, he's, like, a shelter dog. Super weird. But, like, knowing that, like, me and him are just, like, on this little adventure together. And he's, Aww. like, out of the shelter and living, like, a happy life. He's, like, a happy pup. Um, and I get to, like, take care of him. It has really helped me, like, rebuild a sense of self from being someone who was, like, like experienced something terrible to someone who can, like, take what I've experienced and turn it into love and then give that love to something else. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but I, I don't think everyone should adopt a dog if you've experienced PTSD. It's a lot of work. Um, yeah, that oh, yeah. dogs really can help you so much with emotional distress. My dog is like, he's like so stupid. Like he like has no brain cells. I'm like, <laughs> in a weird way, especially like during like the election and stuff and like all like the stress that's been going on with that, like looking into his eyes and being like oh my god this dog doesn't have like a single thought like he doesn't know what the economy is like he's no politics are like his life is just like sleeping and eating i'm just like wow maybe not that much matters because like this dog is not aware of anything and he's like doing okay um life yeah but yeah well i think like engaging in activities is really good especially like learning like picking up new stuff um with friends because i feel like learning new things can help you like rebuild your sense of identity also i feel like knowing when to take a break Mm because i'm someone who like when i feel bad about something i avoid it by throwing myself into everything else and making myself like super busy and then that's just going to result in burnout so also just knowing like it's okay to like stay in sweats and like ordering food that you love Mm -hmm. and just like eat and sleep and like watch tv until you feel better is also okay sometimes disengaging from those activities is also a good way of healing Mm -hmm. yeah all right and we're just quickly going to go through advice for if you have a loved one who has ptsd and this is from john muir health and helpguide.org so first encourage the person to talk about his or her thoughts and feelings about the traumatic event since a supportive network of friends family and health professionals can make all the difference but it's important to not pressure them into talking about the traumatic event they went through um, and they'll tell you about it when they're ready um, also work with a person who went through trauma to clear up any misconceptions the person may have about the situation. Trauma survivors often feel a lot of guilt and they feel like they are either partially or completely responsible for what happened to them. So always remind them that it is not their fault and it was out of their control and that they did not deserve what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Another thing is to deal with your loved one's anger. So for people with PTSD, anger can be used as a cover-up for feelings of grief and helplessness, kind of what we talked about last episode. Um, So for this, try to watch signs that your loved one is angry. Remain calm, give them space, and ask them how you can help. Um, Yeah, also definitely suggest that the person gets professional help. 
You can either ask them to go see their doctor or check with local mental health professionals and community resources. Um, while you being a supportive friend is great and it's great for them to have a support network, ultimately it's the professionals who are going to help these victims and survivors of trauma more than anything. And so I would say one of the best things you can do as a friend is kind of give them a little push to go see them. And also as a friend, um, if they're scared to go, I'm just like driving them to the place or like, mm-hmm. like sitting with them in the waiting room um, can do a lot. Yeah. Also, it's important to educate yourself on the symptoms of PTSD and how this affects your loved one who's suffering from it. The more you know about the symptoms, effects, and treatment options, the better equipped you'll be to help your loved one um, understand what they're going through and keep things in perspective. So if you're listening to this episode about PTSD to help a loved one with PTSD, the right step. (laughs) Um, Going off of that, being a good listener is so important. Um, someone with PTSD may just need to talk about what happened to them over and over again, especially because oftentimes with PTSD, memory loss can occur, and that's just your body's way of protecting you because they don't want you to relive something awful over and over again, so they just repress memories. So I've definitely had moments where I'm just like going about my day, and some like random memory will pop up, and I'll be like, oh my god, I completely forgot that happened to me. That like is very much a part of my life and I just like Mm -hmm. my body like repressed it for years and years to protect me and so like yeah they may need to talk about something over and over again but new details will come out and so just Mm -hmm. being there to listen is really important um and oftentimes these things that they will talk to you about are really hard to listen to and it's okay to dislike what you hear um and if it's really hard for you to listen to it's important to set boundaries and be like hey I just need a minute to like step back um and like take a breather but it's also important to respect their feelings and reactions and not make them feel othered for what happened to them um Mm -hmm. if you come across as disapproving or judgmental they're unlikely to open up to you again but it's also important to respect yourself and not be afraid to say in like a nice way if you need a break um but going along with the listening thing i think one of the most important things is um you don't need to always be giving solutions to things like sometimes one of the best things you can do for really anyone with any kind of um mental health issue or something they're struggling with is just to listen sometimes when people feel bad or good solutions it can be overwhelming and make them feel even worse about what they're going through and make them feel like they have to fix it right away and something like ptsd isn't automatically fixable so just listening and not always having a solution to everything And just like being a sounding board is incredibly helpful. Exactly. And another thing you can do that goes along with what Freya was talking about earlier about regaining a sense of control is helping to rebuild trust and safety by expressing your commitment to the relationship with your loved one, creating routines, minimizing stress in the home environment, and keeping your promises, and just emphasizing your loved one's strengths. And then last but not least, we um, we touched on this like a second ago. But it is really important to take care of yourself. Um, when you care about someone a lot, you obviously want to be there for them and hear about what they're going through and support them. But for you to take care of yourself first and foremost, and you're not going to be able to help others if you yourself are burnt out and exhausted and tired. So don't be afraid to ask for space or set up boundaries to take care of your physical and mental needs and cultivate your own support system and kind of spread the responsibility to others, especially if they are in need of professional help. 
Yep. So that wraps up the advice. In conclusion, time, social support, and professional support is really key for trauma survivors. If you are a trauma survivor, you're not to blame for what happened to you. You are strong, resilient, incredible, but it is okay to ask for help from those you trust. You're loved. And if you want a great Instagram page to follow for this, you can follow Freya at We Believe Them. So thank you so much, Freya, for coming on. I really appreciate it. This was so much fun. I think this made my Sunday and perhaps the rest of my week. This is so, so, so much fun. Like, this is so fun. I told you, it's my dream to be on this podcast for a while. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm so happy that you could come on. I had a really a good time, but also a time of education. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh. All right. So if you guys are still listening, thank you so much. Um, and remember to BYOB next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys.